You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. If you are a mother or want to be someday, you need to listen to this episode, especially if you are a business owner too. We had our dear friend Addison Childers on today's episode to share her experience on a topic that no one is talking about, quitting a successful entrepreneurial business to become a full-time stay-at-home mom. If you aren't familiar with her already, Addison Childers has always been known as the designer and strategist behind Amino Studios, a branding and web design studio, or as the host of the Balance podcast. She's also been blessed with the opportunities to design and work with some of the largest names in the entrepreneurial space and has worked with dream clients worldwide. However, in June of 2022, God began to work in her heart as she welcomed her first daughter into the world, and she has since made a radical decision to lay it all down her successful design career, her rapidly growing podcast, and a piece of her family's income to follow her God-given vocation as a mother, a homemaker, and a wife. What once looked like client calls, an overrun computer, and a mile-long to-do list now looks more like raising her babies in the beautiful upstate of South Carolina, recovering the many lost arts of homemaking, and practicing biblical womanhood as a daughter, wife, mother, and friend. Today, we had a raw, long, and heartfelt conversation with Addison about her experience in closing down her successful design business to step into motherhood. We discuss how and why she came to that decision, what the transition has looked like for her, and what she wishes other women feeling that tug would know about this decision. Addison shared the guilt and tension she felt between either letting her clients or her family down as she tried to juggle business and motherhood, and what life looks like for her now. We then discussed girl boss culture, the feminist movement, and how those two have so deeply affected women in motherhood today. And not all of it is good. We even get a little into how to hear from the Lord and make big and little decisions with Him, and our thoughts and encouragement for all women and entrepreneurs and mothers on how to confidently know and walk in what God's calling you to do. This conversation is so rich, so rare, and so beautiful. So whether you feel like this topic feels spot on for you or not, I promise you will get so much out of it in seeing someone walking with God so beautifully and obeying His call no matter how hard. So grab your favorite beverage and let's get started with this powerful girl chat. As a wedding photographer, your workflow can absolutely make or break your business. And let's be honest, sometimes it feels like there are just not enough hours in the day to get everything done. And that's why we are excited to introduce Batch AI, the photo editing assistant that keeps you in creative control of your photos while providing an affordable, flexible, and fast alternative regardless of where you're at in your photography business. With the perfect balance between AI and human creativity, say goodbye to the cookie cutter presets that don't reflect your style. Edit up to a thousand photos in just one minute with image to image fine tuned adjustments in their Lightroom Classic plugin, or get an incredible 72 hour turnaround on calling, editing, retouching, and tool work across your wedding galleries from their human based editing platform, The Editors. Personal edits based on your style every time. Visit batch.ai today and create your free account and use the code Heart and Hustle for 20 off your first month. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, 
Evie and Lindsay. Addison, oh my gosh, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am so excited for this conversation. Thank you. If you had told me when I started my business three years ago that I would be on the Heart and Hustle podcast, I would have not guessed it would be for this topic at all. <laughs> I said, like, it's for anything else. I'm like the branding professional that they need in their life, but this is so much better. And I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are pumped to get into it. Like we were just talking before uh, we hit record of just how this is not a normal thing that you see in the industry or in motherhood at all. Um, and so let, we're just going to dive off the deep end. But first, before we do that, can you introduce yourself to our listeners if they don't know who you are? Yes. Okay. So I'm Addison Childers. I, um, I'll introduce myself as what I used to be, and then I'll kind of tell you where I am now. So I used to run a pretty successful design business where I was a branding and website designer. I did brand identity and brand strategy and all the technical things um, for people all over the world. I worked with some really pretty big names in the entrepreneurial industry and I loved it so much. And I also had a podcast that I started um, towards the end of my time in office, like when I was pregnant. Um, and I really loved that too. And it was a really like niched podcast that didn't exist anywhere else. And so I felt like I was really showing up and serving my people. And I just loved everything. I felt really called by God with what I was doing. And then I got pregnant and I still felt called and I still felt like I was in what God wanted me to do. And my whole pregnancy, I worked really hard at my business, preparing for maternity leave, um, thinking up like a million and one ideas for what I could do when I was back in office after having a baby, but just like being forgiving and graceful with myself because I knew that it might not look what I wanted it to look like or what I thought it might look like. Cause I had never had a baby before. This was my first baby. And I didn't know what to expect at all, but I knew that I wanted to go back to business after she was born. And after I had taken a substantial leave of absence, um, and then Jubilee was born and my whole world changed and I could cry thinking about it. And I just, I, everything I thought I wanted for my life completely changed. God had started it in me when I was pregnant, but I didn't really see the changes until I had Jubilee. And not like only like physically and all the postpartum things, but just having her in my life made everything different. And I knew that nothing would ever be like how I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to be like how I originally thought I wanted. And I just have been on this journey of God refining me completely in every single way. Um, and when I felt like God asked me to lay down my business and my podcast, I was really... Um, like ill towards it, not ill towards God. And I was excited about the potential of just being at home because I couldn't, I did go back to work for like a short period of time. I started back in like September and she was born in June. And so I had some project I had already booked that I couldn't go back on. Um, and we had just moved. So like financially it was good for me to go back, but every single day I showed up to work, I felt like I was failing Jubilee. Um, and I knew that she like, wouldn't even remember that day, the next day, but like, I just would step up to my plate and I would, you know, pursue my job and sit, like sit at the computer for a couple days, um, or a couple hours per day. And I would just feel so guilty. And it was different than mom guilt. It was more like a conviction that I knew came from God. And I knew that he just didn't want me to work anywhere. So when I decided that I was going to listen to him and start laying down my business, that was the beginning of a really long process because 
as every entrepreneur knows, a business is like a million moving parts. And so I was like, not only is this going to be like really hard because I feel like I'm letting people down, but like, where do I even start with laying down my business? So anyways, I'm sure we'll get into that more, but like I used to be one thing and now I'm a new thing. And what happened in between was Jesus. And I'm so, so thankful for it. So that's a little bit about who I am. Oh, I love it. This is so this is going to be such a fun conversation. We're basically just gonna dive deep into what you just shared of like the fact that you felt so called to lay down a very successful business to be a full-time stay-at-home mom and you know, what that process has looked like, what that ex transition was, you know, what you wish other, you know, young moms or young women or entrepreneurial women, you know, could hear from someone in your position who took those steps. So what, like for you, did that transition, like, how do you feel like that transition has gone? Like you're several wow. months into that transition. How long has it been? Like, so eight? January was like officially not working anymore. So I like worked until the new year, basically just like wrapping up things. I worked with a heart on a launch for Black Friday. And so that like carried over a little bit into the fall. And then I just like, it took until January, like until the end of December to fully wrap things up. So it was a long process. Yeah. yeah. So at the time of this recording, it's been like five months ish yeah. since you've been officially like work has been set aside. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so how has that been? Like, how has the transition been of that, that adjustment from, you know, working full time to like closing down your business? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, first though, I want to just put a disclaimer out there for anybody who's listening that is a mom or wants to be a mom one day, because I know my story and my convictions are unconventional and I, share my, I feel convicted to share the story because I want people to hear something that nobody else is talking about. But I also know that there are women out there and I'm friends with some of them, like Evie and Lindsay, who, um, you know, are moms or will be moms one day with children. And, um, and I have so many friends in the area, even her still entrepreneurs with babies and they do it great. And that is amazing. This is my personal conviction. And I share it because I feel like I am doing something biblical, but that doesn't mean that if you're working and having children that you're not, I just feel like this is my personal conviction. And I just want to share my story, but every single season of motherhood and every single mom who either works and stays at home or works part-time and stays at home or stays at home full-time or works full-time and their kids are in daycare. It's all beautiful. And you're all, if you're like, feel peace with God, then you're walking in his calling. And then that's like, yeah. that's between you and God. And I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so I feel like I just need to say that because I don't want somebody to hear this story and be like, immediately turned off. Like, I feel like there's still things that God can tell you or whisper to you or like ways that he could talk to you through this story. Um, but I don't want you to be immediately turned off because you're hearing this and you're like, well, I'm not called to stay at home full time. So like, this doesn't apply to me because mm -hmm. I feel like the story is ultimately when God calls you to do a hard thing, are you going to answer? And like, how do you respond to that? And how do you, how do you lay down something that is so precious to you? You know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so the transition has been really good. Also, if I'm crying, it's because I'm pregnant. So I'm emotional. <laughs> so I just, I am a little bit emotional about everything. Um, and this is a story that's really close to my heart. But, and it's also like recounting all the like first fresh months with my baby. So um, anyways, but the transition has been so, so good. And I've loved every second of being at home full time. Um, 
I will say the transition out of business was really hard. Past five months have been amazing. And like, I have kept on, um, very, very few, like literally two clients. <laughs> and that is the Hart university and one other person that I will like work with very minimally. And that's just like, if like something small needs to be done or like a favor here and there, or like, you know, just like something small, because I love what I do. So like, I prayed about it a lot. And I was like, if I keep on minimal work, is that disobedient to God? Like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be disobedient anyway. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it fully how he wants me to do it. And I felt peace with keeping on just like minimal work for, you know, a couple times a year, um, touching back into business. And it looks very different now. Like I used to have all kinds of client processes set up and my honey book and like, you know, a website and all that stuff. I don't have any of that anymore. I stripped myself of all of that. So it doesn't really feel like running a business more so than just doing like contracting work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say the transition out of business was so difficult because I was faced with God telling me to lay it down, but I had clients, <laughs> I had responsibilities. I had different, um, like relationships with people out there that I had like, you know, templates with, or just different things, or like people had like talked to me about doing things in the future together. Um, you know, like a business is a business. It's like a living, breathing, moving parts. I don't even like, it's just, it's so complex when you run a business and when you're like the sole person who runs it, there was nobody to help me figure this out. And I, like we kind of said in the beginning, like nobody out there was talking about laying down a business. Like, it's just not something you do. (laughs) So I was like, there's no resource. Like there's not a course I can take. Like, how do you stop doing your business? Like, I don't, I don't know where to start. Like with financials, like, how do I even close out a bank account? Like, what, like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know where to start. And so the beginning of the transition when I was like laying everything down was really difficult. And I felt like took a lot of prayer and a lot of days where I went to my husband and I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I genuinely don't think that it's possible to lay down a business. Like it will never die because like, it's a part of me and it's just like so many moving things. Like I'm going to forget somebody that I need to tell that I'm stopping business or like, you know, I'm going to like, there's going to be something crucial that I forgot about. And then somebody's going to see my post on Instagram and be like, excuse me. And so I just, it was, it was hard at first, but now it's so sweet. And if I could go back and do it a million times so that I could wake up with Jubilee and have nothing else on my plate except to take care of and love her, I totally would. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love everything that you just said. Um, I I like also that you mentioned no one's talking about this. And we said that kind of a little bit at the beginning, but I feel like what we mostly see in, in the like entrepreneurship and motherhood space is people quitting their nine to five jobs or corporate jobs to be a stay at home mom. But then once they do that, they then kind of want to, I I think it probably stems from like wanting, you know, to just have like something else to like fuel you like, uh, passionately that sounded weird, but like, what am I trying to say? Like creatively or like a passion project. Yes. A passion project that then like kind of could support the family a little bit, but I think it's, it's that, but then sometimes it it can become then, Oh, but I actually want to do that full time. Like that's mostly what we see in this space. And so I love that this conversation is you, first of all, listening to the Lord and doing something hard that, that a lot of like, no one is doing, I mean, not no one, but I, like we said, I'm not seeing anybody else other than you intentionally Mm -hmm. lay down a successful business to be a stay at home mom. Um, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to back up real fast to back in, like when you first came back to work after you had Jubilee after Mm -hmm. maternity leave what were the signs that you kept like feeling from the Lord or like nudges 
specifically that you felt like him saying, I want you to lay this down? Yeah. Well, I also think that like, I'm not trying to call people out that are not being obedient to God, but like in this world, it is genuinely hard to have a one income household. Like genuinely hard. Like we have had to make a lot of sacrifices and I'm happy to do them. Like, but like at first it was hard to like swallow, like, okay, life is going to look a little bit different and we're going to have to be a little bit more, you know, like tighter on the belt, but like in a good way, just to like, you know, protect ourselves. Like we're not like struggling, (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. it is a one, like it's a dual income economy out there. And so we just bought a house last year. We had a baby, we had like medical bills we were trying to pay off. And then in the midst of that, God is like, Hey, like, trust me and lay down your business. And so I had to pray about it a long time and just like, think God, like, please give Noah peace about this because I, in my, in our household, Noah is the leader of our household. And so that's my husband. And so I knew that if God gave Noah peace, then like, that was God saying like, this is happening like right now. <laughs> and I just remember one day Noah came to me and was like, well, this, I guess I'll get to that. But Noah came to me and he was like, I have peace. Like, I think that you need to lay this down. But in the beginning, when I first went back to work, like I was excited because I'm a creative person. And so I was like, this is going to be fun. Like I'll get to like have my creative outlet back again. Little did I realize how stinking creative motherhood has to be. <laughs> like you have to be creative in order to be a mom. Like it's just part of who God, I think that's why so many women are so stinking creative. Could God wired our bodies and like who we are at our very core to be like that part of him. Like we are creative beings. And I think that really comes into play with motherhood. And so I didn't really realize that at first, but I went back to work thinking like, this will be a good creative outlet for me. I, you know, stay at home. I had stayed at home for a couple months before then with Jubilee before returning back. And so I was like, I'll get human interaction. This will be great. (laughs) You know, a paycheck again. Um, but all of those things stopped mattering. (laughs) So like within the first week I went from like Monday back to work, like I was writing down all the ideas I had compiled in a notebook for my podcast and for my business. While I was away, I had like ideas of new templates I could throw up in my template shop and new podcast things I could talk about on my podcast. And like, I was feeling like God was teaching me all these things and I wanted to share them and I wanted to create new things. But then by the end of the week, I felt like God said, don't share them. Like I had, I can't even tell you how many lessons I felt like God taught me about who I am as his daughter, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, in like the first two months of being a mom. And I wanted to talk about all of them on my podcast that I used to have. And then he told me not to. And I was like, but why? Like people could benefit from these. But looking back, like I... God just told me to hide them in my heart. You know, like it's not bad to talk about stories, but like I'm just now sharing pieces of what that season looked like on a public platform. And that is really funny to me because she's almost a year old. Like I was ready at two months to like share everything that God was teaching me and like all the things. And then he just told me not to. Um, And so that was like a hard thing to swallow, but I think also just the most beautiful thing because it took me like not sharing it with other people to truly process it by myself. Um, and so that was really cool, um, to see God doing another thing that I noticed was every single time. And I was postpartum. Um, but I think it would probably happen even to this day <laughs> every single time I, cause I was working, you know, like Monday through Friday, every once in a while, it's not a bad thing for me personally, but I was working Monday through Friday. And so every single time I stepped up to my computer when she was awake specifically, 
she would look at me because I'm her mom and she loves me and she loves my face. And I would look back at her and I would be like, realize I had just been staring at my computer for who knows how long. And I would just start bawling because I was like, oh my gosh, she's been looking at me. She's been wanting me to talk to her. And I haven't been because I've been looking at my computer. And it just made me feel like, like I said, in the beginning, it was like different than like the typical mom guilt, I think. Um, and a little bit of postpartum emotions, but it was mostly like, I just felt like this conviction, like Lord was saying, like, this is not what I've called you to do anymore. And so I don't know, it was just like a whisper in my heart over and over and over where God was like, this is not what I have for you. And it was just really hard because it was like immediate. Like it wasn't like during my pregnancy that I kind of expected he might tell me to lay it down. Like I just completely thought, life would go on. I, if you would ask me when I was pregnant, I would have said I'm a mom, mompreneur. Cause I like fully accepted that role. <laughs> and then God was like, lay it down. Like, I don't want you to have it. And so I don't know. It was just like a whisper in my soul to answer your question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel like for you, cause I know like you and I had conversations about like, you loved your business and you yeah. loved what you did and you loved your work with your clients. And obviously you knew that you would love, you know, Jubilee and your child mm-hmm. and motherhood. But like, do you feel like when God was giving you those nudges, was it easy to like, I don't know how to explain it. Was your love for Jubilee like so overwhelming and your confidence in what God was saying? So like, certain that it was easy to lay down your like business baby or did you feel like that was very difficult and very like somewhat somewhat painful to like kind of lay down and be like here lord here's my first baby that I have loved and built for so many years like how was that emotionally for you I think it was both like it was very bittersweet because I was so relieved in a way when I felt like he was telling me to lay it down because I was like yes like that makes sense and I feel like that will make my emotions regulate and I will be okay after that. Because like, like I said, I was just crying every day. Cause like, I couldn't handle, I remember there was one day, um, when I had gone to the grocery store and I came home and I think she was ready for a nap, but I just needed to hold her for a little bit longer. Cause I knew that when I laid her down, I needed to start working and I got home and I got the groceries unloaded and I walked into my kitchen and I was holding her and she's like, at, she's like so little that she just like naps on you all the time. <laughs> and that was such a sweet season. And so I'm like in the kitchen, I had just gotten her out of the car seat, but she's like already asleep on my shoulder and I'm just holding her. And I asked like my Alexa to play worship song. I don't even remember what worship song it was. Um, probably come out of hiding. Cause that's like my emotional, um, emotional worship song. That I Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just listening to a worship song and I was praying and I was just sobbing and I felt so alone. And I felt like, um, cause my husband was at work by that point, And I just felt like so alone. I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm not called to this. I'm not called to work at the same time as I'm being a mom. Like I feel like my heart is being pulled in two different directions. And it was weird. Cause like when I was working and she was sleeping, I would get in a groove and I would love it. And I would be like, yes, I, like I'm doing good. Like, this is so fun. Like I really loved what I was doing. So it wasn't like, you know, like, I don't want you to hear that and be like, Oh, she was miserable when she was working. Cause like I wasn't when she was sleeping, but like <laughs> in this moment, I'm like sitting there, I'm crying and I'm listening to that worship song. And I felt so utterly alone because I was just like, Noah's not here. He can't help me. Jubilee's going to go to sleep. I'm going to have to work. I'm doing something I'm not called to do. Like I'm not where God wants me. And I just felt like God whispered to my soul. And he said, the way that you're holding Jubilee right now is exactly how I'm holding you. And you're not alone. And so there was moments no. like that, that like, I know. I'm crying. 
<laughs> there was moments like that, that like were really, really hard as far as like wanting to just be a mom. But then there was also moments where I'd feel equally sad because I love my business. And I ultimately, my business has always, always been about people and just my love for people and wanting to serve people. And so the hardest part for me was not letting go of like my actual work. It was letting down people because there was people that I know wanted to work with me. Um, there was people that like wanted to do future projects with me. There's people that like, I just, I had to let people down in order to follow what God was calling me to do. And I think that that was probably the hardest part for me because I love people. And that's the whole reason I started my business. It wasn't like necessarily to make money because I started it, um, you know, not le legally, but like I started it when I was in high school, just like doing things for people because I thought it was fun. And I was like, I have this talent. I'll make my church a website or I have this talent. Like I'll go to this venue and easily, which is like a town 30 minutes away from me that doesn't have a website. And I'll just like offer to do them a website. You know, like it was just something that I had a talent for and I just loved people and I wanted to serve people. And so laying down my business felt like letting everybody down except for my family, which my family is my first priority. So like I was, you know, in a way happy to do it. But at the same time, I had to make some really hard phone calls and some really hard emails. And like Evie and I even wanted to work on her rebranding. I hope that's okay that I say that. Yeah, of we course. Work on your rebranding. And I knew that that was such a big project that needed like a full process and a full attention. And I so, so, so badly, like still like want my hands in it. But at the same time, I knew God had called me out of business. And so like, I just felt like I was letting people down. And that, I think oh, that was yeah. the hardest part for me because like, I just love people and my whole business existed. Yes. To support my family, but to serve people. And I had prices out there that were not super common because I felt convicted to serve people well. And I had a process that I felt convicted to use because I wanted to serve people well. Like I just, everything I did was to show God's love to people. And so I kind of felt like in a way that I was letting people down. And I think that was probably the hardest part. Mm. Oh my gosh. I, first of all, thank you just for your vulnerability and sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I, no matter who's listening to this, whether it's, it's anybody that is more like doing work from home, mom life, or anybody that maybe was is similar to you where they had a business and then they, had a baby and they're feeling that similar tension. And I just, I'm so glad that you're sharing your story because I don't, th there is not stories out here or out there like this that you hear very often or at all. Um, and I just know that like, there are women out there that need to hear that. Like if they have a similar conviction, then that's okay. Like, obviously like when you obey God, I just like have no doubt Addison that like God is going to so beautifully bless you and your family. And Mm -hmm. just this season because you were faithful to give up something that, that was good. It's not like it was even bad. And I think yeah. that's even a part of the conversation is sometimes God asks us to give up something good for something even better that we can't see yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you could still see like the goodness of that, of what you were giving yeah. up. But I just, I so, I, I so fully believe that like this season of motherhood, like is going to be so, so sweet for you because you gave up something so good and it's going to be so much sweeter than you can even like taste or imagine even right now. Um, yeah. and I just think that that's such a beautiful picture of like how God works. And when, when we fully trust him and we give up something that he's calling us to give up or put down, yeah. um, he just blesses that. So, so fully. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there's, I won't, you know, like be super specific with the story just to, you know, honor my husband. But we, at one point, um, 
when I was like deciding I needed to be full-time at home, this was like sometime last fall, we had just bought a house and our house buying process was like lasted my whole pregnancy. Like that should not happen. It should not take nine months to buy a house. And, um, we twice went under contract with the same house and twice on closing day, which I didn't even know was legal in the state of South Carolina, but it is, and it shouldn't be on closing day. The seller backed out on us twice. The oh. same. And so we, we spent like thousands of dollars on inspections and on appraisals. And like the only thing we got back both times was our earnest money. And so this was a long, grueling process of getting a house and moving closer to my husband's work and everything. And because I also was slowing down work and going on maternity leave all at the same time, it was a tight financial season. And so when I went back to work after maternity leave, I um, was like really trying to just like help us just get caught up. Like that was my goal. Um, And so with everything I was doing, and so I was like, okay, once we get caught up, you know, I can stop working then. And then God was like, no, like, I don't want you to build back a big savings. I don't want you to, you know, get caught up. Like, it's not your responsibility. Like, I'm going to take care of it. And that was really hard. But there was this one time where we just needed a certain amount of cash to just get something that we really needed for the house. And so we started praying just to like help us get caught up. There was just, it was just a tight financial season because of the whole house buying process and because of having a baby. And because when you buy a house, then there's like a million things you need for a house that you didn't know because you weren't a homeowner in the first place. Like (laughs) just this whole thing. And I remember that there was like a certain amount of money that we were really praying for and really believing for. And we prayed for a whole week and we really wanted that money by like a Wednesday. And we started like praying really specifically. We're like, God, can you give us this cash by Wednesday? Like, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it, but I know that you're going to be faithful to us because we're walking in your calling. Like we're being faithful. Noah's, you know, at work, he's doing his job and his part. I'm staying home. I'm scaling back my business. Like we're doing what you've asked us to do. So just in any way you want to bless us with this money. And we wanted it by Wednesday and by Wednesday, we didn't have it. And then by Friday, (laughs) randomly, a friend of mine that is like the dearest, sweetest person in the world. She didn't even know we were praying for it. She didn't know anything about our situation. She just felt like she was called to give us a little bit of money. And so she asked her husband and they ended up Venmoing us double what we were praying for. (laughs) Like it was literally the exact amount, but double what we were praying for. And God delivered it to us two days after we wanted it, <laughs> but, but he gave us double. And like, literally we had written it down in our Bible that one day we hope to pass down to our children, um, that we were praying for this amount. And then we got to go back and with a new date on it, Mark, like God gave us double what we could ask you pray. Like he's so good. And so just little things like that have happened like a million times. It's not always been, you know, finances, but like a million times over God has provided the exact thing that we want or need, but with a one income or with, you know, me scaling back, it's not like a, you know, we don't, we're not dying for it. Like we have everything we need. It's just more so once and he's just provided it and just showed up and given us like that exact thing. It's just been really cool to watch. (laughs) I feel like there's something so beautiful in like, like you were saying that confidence of like, God, we have heard your, your call, your command, your, you know, your guidance, and we are stepping into it. Like we are obeying that Mm -hmm. just the fact that you, like, there is such a, like a freedom in the knowledge of like, I have heard you, Lord, I have obeyed you, Lord. And now I get to step, you know, into your throne room with this full confidence that, you know, 
you are going to provide because you've called us here. And like, Mm -hmm. if you have asked me to, you know, lay down my business, I know you're going to provide financially for us and Mm -hmm. you're going to walk through us with this transition and you are going to bless, you know, our children and my motherhood journey. I think there's just like, that's one thing that really stood out is like when God calls, he will provide. And so like whatever God is calling like you to as like the listener, if you know that God is calling you to it and you step out in obedience, there is reward, there is blessing, there is like provision for exactly what God is calling you to, even though like you're saying, Addison, like it was scary. It was hard and it was scary to be like, hey, this doesn't make the most sense on paper. Like this, this isn't the ideal season that I would be letting go of my entire income for, you know, our family. Like this, this doesn't logistically line up with the world's view of like wisdom, but God has asked and I will obey. And like, he has provided for you every step of the way. I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my next question was in the season of transitioning. And like, once you've kind of accepted or once you accepted basically the, the obedience of, Hey God, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And then even after in the five months since you've been a stay at home mom, has there been any issue in any of the process and even now of letting go of the identity of being a successful entrepreneur, especially as like a woman that like, I feel like there's, there's such like a, like a girl boss culture. We can get into a whole whole spiral on that, but talk to us about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. I never made six figures with my business. Oh my gosh. Wow. Everybody gasps. Yeah. I I quit business never having made six figures. (laughs) I, and I'm not taboo about money. Obviously I just shared a really vulnerable story, but like I never reached a certain point that I thought I needed to be in order to be successful with my business. I never like, I, I don't know actually the number of people I served, but like, I would say it's below, you know, 200 people over the past three years. I never met like a big number of clients. Like I never like, you know, I, I had a beautiful, beautiful business and I worked with some of the most beautiful people. People like came out of the woodworks from all over the country that wanted to work with me that I like, you know, they're not like the biggest names in the industry, but like they were running beautiful businesses. They're beautiful women doing beautiful things. And I had the most beautiful business ever. Like I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Like I loved who I worked with and I loved why I did it. And I loved every bit of it, but I never made six figures. I never got to like a million downloads on my podcast. Like I literally started my podcast. I did like 20 ish episodes and then I went on maternity leave and I thought I was going to come back strong. And God was like, no. (laughs) So I never, I never hit the milestones that you hear about like making in order to be a successful business or like, you know, like, you know, the successful businesses out there, like the numbers that like, they're not bad, but like, I didn't do any of those. And that's totally fine. I really struggled with it at first because I thought like, you know, if I'm going to quit business, I need to at least, you know, have a post written out. You know, it was all pride. Like I need to have a post that was like, and I did this and I did that and I accomplished this, but like I did. (laughs) And I'm so, I'm so okay with that now, but it was really hard when I first initially was like, okay, I'm going to lay this down because I was like, but what do I have to show for it? And that was all, all, all pride talking because when I look back, all I see is the people. And the very last thing that I did with shutting down my business, well, the very, very last thing was make a post. But like second to last thing was I sent an email 
out to every single client I've ever had before. Even the ones, you know, we all have them, even the ones that didn't end up well, like the client relationship just wasn't the best. And I sent every single person I've ever talked to via HoneyBook or email or anything, an email. And I just told them that my heart for them out of anything. And no matter how long it's been since we worked together, if it was like, you know, the past six months, or if it was three years ago when I started my business, I just prayed that through our relationship and like our business relationship that they would see Jesus. And that, that was everything I'd ever wanted for my business. And that that's honestly what the heart of my, like, that was my heart when I ended it. But at the beginning I was like, but I never made six figures or I never did these different things. And I think that was just, you know, it's pride, but like in the culture that we live in, like that's the measure of success is like these different, like materialistic things, I think. And I think it's like becoming less of a thing now, but like when I started my business, girl boss culture was it. You know. Are you on the struggle bus with this entrepreneurial thing? Are you overwhelmed to the max and lonely as heck? Look, I get it. You are not the only one. Owning a business is freaking hard, but it doesn't have to feel that way, which is why we created the Heart Conference. It's a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together in person, experience the world's greatest community, if I don't say so myself, meet your business besties, learn the top business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business, all while having the best friggin' time of your life. So if you are ready to receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, listen to top industry leaders like Amy Porterfield teach you everything they know, connect with a community of like-minded creative entrepreneur besties, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, dance your pants off at the heart dance party, and get paid to do what you love, then it is time to get your booty in the room and come down to Dallas, Texas, October 10th through 12th for the event of the year. There are still tickets available and one of them has your name on it. We want you in the room in this October because you deserve to have your business journey be full of life and not loneliness. Visit theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference to secure your spot and get ready to explode your business and have the time of your life. I I know I love that you just said that. I also want to say like, I think there's a lie that women believe that I even like heard a little bit in, in you explaining that of like, oh, and this is just honesty, vulnerability. I feel like we all feel this, but it's like, oh, you, you wanted to, I think at least what I'm hearing is when you quit, you wanted to be like, Hey, I've, I've ran the race. I've crossed the finish line. I have done it. And now hats tipped. I am passing the baton to the other graphic designers of the world or whatever. Like, you know, like, I think that's the like thing that we feel like we need to do. It's like, Oh, I'll quit. Like, and I'll go into a different season when I've reached the pinnacle of success and I can, I can then, you know, bow my hat or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, or I thought that it was weird that I didn't have somebody to pass Amina studios onto. Like, I was like, I don't yeah. have another, there's nobody else I run this business with. Like I should have hired another graphic designer six months ago that could take it over. So it doesn't die, you know? And that's like all just like, that was just me. It was me struggling to lay something down that was really precious to me. <laughs> you know? Totally. No, I totally, I get that. And well, and it's, I think, I just want to like speak this over you, Addison, and to anybody that's listening. If you feel like wh- whether you want to quit your job or not, if you are in a place where you haven't hit six figures or you haven't hit whatever milestone or number that girl boss culture says is important, that does not mean that you are not a success like mm-hmm. at all. And I love Addison that you said like, Hey, it was the people I worked for and I don't mm-hmm. have to hit this like 
monetary number or this number of followers or this number of clients in order to be a success. And I feel like so many people out there need to hear that because mm-hmm. it, 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 girl boss culture gives me an eye roll sometime, but like also mm-hmm. like I I've contributed to it. Like we've contributed to it. Like it, yeah. it's just like this swarming thing that like everyone's reaching for status and clout and like accolades. But at the end of the day, like, why did you get into business in the first place? Or why do you, why did you, you know, do whatever you're doing? It's to serve people. And it's to, you know, for us, I know all three of us, it's to glorify the Lord. Um, and so I just, I wanted to interject that while you were talking Edison, cause I was like, Oh, I resonate so hard with what you said. Um, and I bet a lot of people do too. And I think a lot of people needed to hear that of just like mm-hmm. confirmation that, and, and just, I think encouragement that like you quote unquote, like quit before, you felt like you had made it maybe. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. And guys, it doesn't matter. Like none of that matters to me now. Like it doesn't matter that I had 3000 followers when I quit. It doesn't matter that I never made it six figures. Like none of it matters when I think back on my business and like not many people can be, you know, in their twenties looking back at their career. (laughs) But when I look my business, all I see is the people. Like I just see the faces of the women that I worked with and like the beautiful brands I got to make for them. Yes. And sometimes I look back at like old websites. Like I'll just be like, Oh, I wonder if it's still, yeah. Oh, it's still beautiful. You know, but (laughs) I look back, it's just the people like, that's all that I care about. Like nothing else matters. And it was so easy when I was in the thick of business to feel like I was competing with every other graphic designer in the world with like my amount of followers or what I was doing or like, I prayed really hard about my podcast. Like I was like, is that something I'm launching because I feel like God's asking me to, or is that something I'm launching? Cause I think it will look cool. You know? Like, so like everything, everything is easy to fall into when you're like in the thick of it. But like looking back, none of it matters except for the people. It's so good. I think one thing that as you guys were talking about that, like that popped into my head is I don't know if you ever feel like you like make it like, Like, you know, like you saying like, you know, oh, the six figures, like these specific numbers that we totally talk about, especially in like the girl boss culture, the entrepreneur education space, whatever you want to talk about. Like there are numbers that some people will be like, oh, they hit 10 K plus followers or, oh, they made six plus figures or, you know, whatever it, you never, like, I know we've talked about this in so many different ways, but especially like in this conversation and in this topic, as we're talking about like like you will never feel like you cross the finish line. I don't think in life ever, but in my experience in like business, and that's not to say that there aren't like amazing milestones and amazing moments of like recognizing growth or being like, oh my gosh, I never, I never thought I would hit that number. And then it's like five minutes later, you're like, and now I want the next number. Like there's just always a finish finish line keeps moving. Oh, it always moves. You're like, Oh, let me set it at like six figures. And like, I have hit six figures in multiple businesses. And it's like the minute you hit those six figures, the like finish line moves to like seven figures or like, it's just, it's crazy how it moves and how it shifts. And I think in some ways that's good. And, and, you know, it, it continue, like, it's because we want growth and, and, you know, life would be pretty boring if there was just these one finite, like, oh, you have one baby and you're fully satisfied with your entire life. You will never, ever want anything ever again because, you know, you finally got your boyfriend because you finally got married because you finally had a baby, like whatever it is. Like even in like life, there's, I think, growth that God has built into us to continue, you know, finding our satisfaction in him and moving. Like there's so many conversations, but 
the one thing that I wanted to say is as you were talking, I don't even think, you know, hitting milestones will make a transition like what you made Addison feel easier or harder. I think it's just like, if you are loving something and God is asking you to lay it down, it's hard period. Whether you've like, like you're saying, like to feel maybe you felt from one side, like, oh, I, I wanted to hit these numbers or these figures to feel like I have officially made it. Now I can, you know, step out of the arena with my head high, you know, whatever you were feeling in that moment of like the transition, that pride that was welling up. But I'm thinking of it as you're talking, like from my like perspective of like, oh, I, I've had a podcast for like three years and, you know, thousands of people listen to every episode or whatever. It's like, if I ever felt like God called me to take the step that you took, Addison, would it be easier or harder? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think it would be hard too, to be like all these eyes being like, oh, Evie and Lindsay are successful or, you know, whatever, like honest, vulnerable. Yeah. Like it might be hard for me too, feeling like, everyone will think I've failed. Everyone will not understand. Like, you know, I need to prove that I've been successful, that I have crossed certain finish lines. And it's, it's like that pride, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. I think the enemy will try to sneak in no matter where you're coming from, whether you've like had a business for six months and you suddenly feel like God's calling you to set it down. And you're like, oh my gosh, everyone will think that it just failed from the get-go or you've had a business for years and it is successful. And you're like, oh my gosh, everyone will think it's failing after all this time of success. Like I think there's just like the mental game and that pride that like comes into it no matter where you're at. And I think what you are saying, Addison, of like, if God has called you to it, like keep your eyes locked on him because when he calls you to something, the reward is so rich. And like you're the fact that you're able to say like, none of it matters now. Like none of everything that I was struggling with and wrestling with in that transition and in that decision, I look back and I'm just like, oh, that was nothing, you know, compared to what God had for me on the other side of this decision. So I don't know. I feel like I just rambled, but (laughs) no, it was all beautiful. And I, when I, when I was like a teenager, my dad writes poetry every once in a while and he's really good at it. I've always told him he should like put it all in a book, but you know, he's a little bit too shy for that. Anyways, he wrote a poem when I was a teenager and I can't remember exactly like how it goes. I'll probably botch it. But the story of it is that there's a man walking along a road and he has a bunch of really precious gold in his pocket. And so he loves his gold. He's like collected it as he's been walking but he starts to get really heavy pockets. And then it, as he's walking, he keeps walking, he's walking, he sees another piece of gold on the side of the road. And he realizes that in order to pick up the new gold, he has to let go of some of his old. And I've thought about that so many times over the years because my business was a piece of gold. <laughs> like to me, like it mattered so much to me and I loved it. And I loved the people. I loved what I did. Um, but there was a certain point on my walk along this path that my pockets were too heavy and God was telling me to lay down some gold. And like, when you think about it, like think like picture national treasure, like the movie, like they don't want to lay down the gold. They want to pick it up and take it with them because it's precious. Like it means something. It's worth something. And so laying down gold is a heavy, like thing to let go of, like not just like physically, but like it means something to you. And so I was like walking along my path and I just like had that poem come to my mind. It's come to my mind so many times over the years, but it just came to my mind. And I thought in order to pick up this piece of gold, that is like way like it worth, it's worth so much more than the ones I have in my pocket now. 
in order to pick up this one that is motherhood, I have to lay down some gold and it's going to be hard because gold is worth something to me and it's valuable and it's beautiful. But looking back, I kind of feel like the gold that was my business, like, you know, hindsight is 2020. It kind of looks like rocks now. (laughs) And my motherhood gold is just like even more precious. And I just feel like this is the first time in my life that I'm not looking, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Like, where do I go now? What's my next milestone? Like I kind of do that with my home, like like decorating my home and like, you know, home projects and stuff like that. But within motherhood specifically, I feel like I have finally just gotten to this point where I'm like, time slow down. Like, please stop. Please slow down. Please let me like savor every single moment. Every time we sit on the floor in the living room and just like play silently. Cause she can't talk yet. <laughs> you know, like, let me see it all. Let me savor it all. And that's the first time in my life. I haven't been like, you know, egging to get to the next thing. So it's really, it's been so, so special. Oh, that is the most beautiful picture ever. And I, it's so important in this conversation. I just, I'm like, this is such an important conversation. We've said it like 5 million times, but like nobody's talking about this. And I also, as we've just been talking, like we, we assume that if we intentionally quit something that is successful, it's, it's the perception that it's failing, but it, Mm -hmm. it takes so much, I guess, faith and courage to quit something that is successful for something better. Um, And so I guess, Addison, what, if anybody's listening to this and they are in a very similar boat to you, or they've just resonated with a lot of what you said, and they're struggling in that balance of trying to, trying to balance both motherhood and a business. And they feel that same tug that you felt of like, I, I think I want to downgrade my business, or I think I want to quit it altogether. What advice would you have for that woman that's listening? Yeah, I think I really, really, really struggled with the perception that I was a failure. Um, I think because also like when you're in business, especially like I quit three years in, like, I think if I had quit like six or 10 years in, maybe I'd feel different because I'd be a little bit older and a little bit wiser. And, you know, my life would be a little bit different, but I quit only three years in. And this is something I started, you know, when I was young and then it evolved into more of a business and I've, you know, I hit a lot of milestones that I wanted to reach, but like not all of them. And I just, I felt like everybody who heard I was quitting would be able to see into my heart and be like, Oh, but she didn't, you know, reach that milestone or she did. Like, I just felt like they would all see failure. And that has not been like for, like, it could not be further from what I've experienced. Like I was, you know, I was apprehensive to tell people even that like, I knew loved me deeply. Like I remember calling Evie at one point and being like, okay, so I feel like God's calling me to do this and I'm scared. And I think I cried. And I just like, it was hard for me to talk about because it's just something I was like, people are gonna, they're not going to understand. Like, this is like the biggest, most important decision I've ever made other than, you know, following Jesus and marrying my husband. This is like really weighty and really important. And I feel so called to this, but people are just not going to understand. And even people I knew who like loved me and knew my heart, like Evie or like other friends that I was telling, um, before I really like posted out into the world, I just felt like they weren't going to understand. And they were just going to be like, Oh, so like, is she not making enough? Or like, (laughs) you know, I just felt like they were going to, going to see what they shouldn't. And that's not been farther from the truth. And every person I told has been, you know, over the moon for me and just excited that I'm stepping into what God's calling me to do. Not one person has asked how we were going to do it with one income. Like, (laughs) like I thought they might, I'm like, they're going to wonder, but like, you know, I was so 
like, yeah, I just, it's been so different than my experience. And I sent out that mass email to all my past clients. Very few responded, which is okay. Like I didn't really expect them to, you know, take time out of their busy work day to be like, Oh, let me send a compassionate email back how happy I am for her. But the people who did respond were so sweet. And I posted it on Instagram when I was finally done. And I felt like that was kind of me washing my hands. Cause I like posted on Instagram and I kept Instagram for like a couple more months. And then I'd like deleted Instagram <laughs> and I like go on it every once in a while. But like Instagram was a business tool for me. And so it feels like so freeing to not have to like do even like that kind of thing anymore. And when I posted on Instagram, I got a bunch of comments from people just saying like, I'm so happy for you. This is amazing. Motherhood looks great on you. And I don't say that to be like, you know, you know, go me, like praise me, (laughs) but more so just like praise that God protected me. Even in that, like I was really worried about what people would think and God completely protected me. And I have not had one negative person. I have had people be like, Oh, okay, great. Well, we'll definitely work together in the future. And I'm like, no, you didn't read that email right. Like, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like, we are done. Finish yeah. line cross. Yeah, like I literally had one person respond, like, I'm so happy for you. Motherhood will be amazing. I can't wait to work with you again in the future. And I was like, no, honey, like, we're done completely. <laughs> um, but anyways, other than that, like no negative thing has been t- said to me. If it's been behind my back, I don't even care. Like, I just like, it has been the best decision. And if I could go back and go through all of the hardships and all of the crying and all of the processing of laying down something so valuable, I would, because it's been just so sweet to see what God can bring out of me following him. Like we have not lacked anything. I was worried that we might, you know, lack in some areas because we were going from one, two to one incomes, but we have not lacked a single thing. We have a beautiful home. We're growing our family confidently. We love our life together. And so like, it's just, it's hard because it matters, but it's so worth it. (laughs) Mm, I think it's so like... This, this conversation is so necessary. And I know we've said that a million times, but like when you had that phone call with me, Addison, like months and months and months ago, and you were sharing your heart, I think one of the first things I said to you was, A, I know your heart, like for the Lord. I know your ability to hear His voice. And like, I can hear the conviction and the the purpose and the clarity in your voice as you are speaking to me, like on that phone call back in whatever it was, 2022. And I was like, I know God is calling you to this and therefore I am all on board. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I think I shared this with you on the phone call, which is, you know, we've had friend conversations about it, you know, in the months leading up till right now. And now why we're having you on the podcast is you don't see this. Like you do not see this in the entrepreneurial space for a woman to, you know, start a successful business and then lay it down to step into motherhood. Like, yeah, like it's like in that phone call, you know, I was like, Addison, like women need to see this in the entrepreneurial space. Like as we're kind of, I think, stepping out of or like growing through like the whole girl boss culture and that that craze that went through the female entrepreneur space, which as Lindsay said, I think we've all been a part of and we've all contributed to, and we've all, you know, bought into the, a lot of the ideology of the girl boss. And there's, I don't want to like totally diss on it because there's so many beautiful things in it, but there's also, I think this subconscious belief that came from that girl boss culture that motherhood alone is not enough. It cannot Mm -hmm. satisfy you that it is not worthy enough that you are not 
you know, bad A enough, if you're, you know, just a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's just a lot of conversation that came from it. And like on that phone call with you, Addison, I was like, no, God is calling you to this, do it. And women need to see you doing this. Like entrepreneurs need to see other successful entrepreneurs taking these steps because like you said, I don't think that this is the only way, the only, you know, path that God has every single woman on, every single entrepreneur on. However, I do think there's a lot more women out there who have felt God tugging them this direction, but because they have not seen it and they do not, they feel alone. They feel like, you know, no one does this. Therefore, that would be the wrong thing for me to set down this business. It's like, it's, there's just not the representation. There's not a community of women doing this. And Mm -hmm. I like, I love that you have been one of the pioneers in stepping mm-hmm. into that. And I love that we get to have you on the podcast and talk about it because I really believe that there are many other women who are starting to feel that strong tug from the Lord who are just like, I have not seen it modeled. I don't see other women doing this and I don't know what to do. I don't know what this will look like. Will I regret this? You know, will I be exploding and imploding my business like on accident because I, I'm just tired maybe, or like, it's just mom guilt or like, I just feel like there's not enough conversations about it. And I'm really like, so happy we are having this here. And I feel like we could like have like a five part episode with like, <laughs> like so many, so many like angles to this conversation, but I know there wasn't really a point to that other than like, I just, as your friend, it has been such an honor to watch you walk through this because so this is needed, like watching women obey the Lord and whatever it is. But I think especially in something that we don't see every day in this industry is Mm -hmm. like beautiful. And it's an honor as your friend to watch. And it's inspiring as your friend to watch. And it's just, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay. But here's the truth. One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. 
Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. Thank you. That, that means more than you know. And I truly like, I needed to see it. Like back when I called you, I just remember like getting on the phone. I was like, this is Evie. We talk like every day. Like, don't psych yourself out. And I got on and my voice started shaking. I was like, why is this conversation so hard for me to talk about? Like, why do I feel guilty? Why do I feel like this is like not the right thing to do? And it's because like, I didn't see it at all. Like, and you don't need to see something in order to do it. Like you can be a pioneer, but it's a lot harder. Like, you know, like it's so much harder to be the pioneer than it is to be like, Oh, I saw somebody else do it. And they're Uh okay. I can do it too. And it gives you a little bit of confidence because like God Mm -hmm. created us loving community. So like it helps when you see like other people doing things or like when you do things together, but I was truly doing this like all on my own. And I just felt like, am I doing, am I doing the wrong thing? But like in my months since leaving business, God has refined me and taught me so much about who I am and who my identity is. And I believe, and I think you guys will agree with this. I believe all women that are mothers are called to their families first and then business comes okay. second. And if you can do business second, awesome. Like that's great for you. And I'm so thankful that you get to bless your family in that way too. But like, that just wasn't my story. I just felt like God was like in this season, maybe forever, you're just going to focus on family. And I have not once, like I've been like, I wouldn't say bored. I would say understimulated on some days. Like I felt like, you know, I went to get, um, lunch with my mom or not my mom, my mother-in-law. So kind of my mom a couple of weeks ago. And she is an entrepreneur. She works for a venue, um, which is actually how I met my husband. I did that, that venue I told you about that. I did the website for like back in high school. It was her that I was doing it for. Um, so this has brought me my husband, which is so sweet. And the whole reason I probably had it. (laughs) Um, but I was getting lunch with her and she has, she works for that venue and she also is a travel agent. So she's a very busy body and we're eating lunch and she's like, so what are you going to do after this? And I just thought to myself and I was like, um, I think I'm going to go home and read when Jubilee goes down for a nap. And I kind of like, for a split second felt myself being like insecure, like, Oh, that's not enough. Like I should, like, I should have a better answer for her. And then on the way home, I was like, no, what a blessing it is that I can legitimately answer that question and being like, you know what? I'm not sure. I think I might go home and read while my child naps. Like what a blessing it is that my husband is okay. And he has peace with, and he wants me to be at home while he goes out and works for us each day. And I stay at home and I take care of our children in the house. Like what Mm -hmm. a blessing. So it just, yeah. it's been a transition. Cause I used to be like every day wasn't enough. There wasn't enough minutes in the day and I'd work too late and I would work too early. And you know, I, every day was full and I loved it, but I'm so thankful I get to breathe now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Not to get all history lesson on this, but I feel like the entire reason we don't see this, the entire reason that girl, bo- girl boss culture even exists is like kind of the feminist pull of like over yes. the, over the years of, and this is not to say like women cannot be equal to men. Like, yes, I'm all for women, but like all the things. Yes. But women voting, women like <laughs> being in the workplace. Yes. for women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not harping on that. But I think the feminist movement of like trying to make women the same as men, just as in, like in the workplace as men, I think yeah. that has been ri- the rise to girl boss culture of like, oh, like girl boss, go make that money, girlfriend. Bitch, yeah. like you like all that. Like we can right? do anything men do. We're just as right. capable. It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's like, yes, we we can. But yeah, I, there is 
an undeniable fact that women are created different than men. And that is beautiful. And, and that doesn't mean that you can't work, but I think that has, as the years have gone on, that's created this pull to like, have uh, like women feel that guilt of like, Oh, I need to be working. I need to be contributing to income. And then, you know, as the internet makes, you know, stay at home businesses more, like doable. It's like, Oh, I can do this. I see everyone else doing it. Oh, all these Instagram influencers and business owners, like they're doing it. I can do it. And so it's like, we feel this guilt of just like, I mean, that's why people say when they're stay at home moms, they're like, Oh, I'm just a mom. Why do you feel that need to say the word just right? It's like, we have this idea that it's not enough because I think feminism has, has moved us in this idea that like, in order to be deemed as worthy, we have to be the same as men in the sense of, oh, I have to work nine to five. I have to contribute this much income because that means that I'm equal. And it's like, no, you are equal because you are a beloved daughter of the King, like Mm -hmm. bar none. Yeah. Um, And I, I, that has to be a part of this conversation, I think, because like, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm like (laughs) short circuiting. (laughs) I was like on a roll. And then now I'm like short circuiting my brain. Um, But it's because like we, are, are made different. And it's not mm-hmm. to say that like all women have to be stay at home moms. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I think there is an innate, like uh, being in us. No, being is not the right word that I'm thinking of like innate, an innate part of our fabric as women mm-hmm. that we're made to nurture and that we're made to like, not always be like the breadwinner or the, the girl boss. Um, and yeah. again, that's if, I mean, I'm literally the breadwinner and the girl boss of our family right now. And so it's like, I, I'm not even saying that that's bad. I'm just saying there is like, I think a lot of people like whenever you was saying are feeling that pull and maybe they are struggling silently in the tension of motherhood and business. I think that's why, because like as women, like we were built to nurture and to have like that maternal instinct. Um, would you agree ladies? I just went on a rant. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So wholeheartedly. And I would dare to say, and the reason that I said like, I think, you know, you guys would agree with this and like the whole thing about our families coming first and then it's business or then it's whatever. I would dare to say, if you are a mom, then you should consider if you are called to stay at home or if you're called to do only a part-time, like you should, like you should at least be a thought when you have your children at home. Like, do I want them to be taken care of by a daycare? Like, that's not a bad thing inherently, but like, is that what you want? Or are you just like worried about finances? Are you letting fear control your life? Are you letting fear make Mm -hmm. your decisions? Because I think that's so easy. Like it's, but like, I also have a friend who I've like known for years and she has a sweet kid and a sweet kid on the way. And she's a middle school teacher and her kids do go to daycare and that's what works for them. And that's what she feels called to do. So like amazing. I love that for her. But at the same time, like, that's not what my story was. And I think that each of us should at least consider like, has God called me to that? Because that is a, like, like you were saying, like it is a fabric of who we are. Like God created mm-hmm. us in his image and we like, God is a nurturer. God is maternal in some ways. He is like, he's the most loving and providing and nurturing being there ever was and ever is. And he saw it fit to give women that part of who he is. Like Mm -hmm. what an honor that we get to be like God in that way and be nurturers and be, you know, loving. And like, I've talked to my husband before and he's like, I can never stay at home, but he loves Jubilee with all of his heart. Like, it's not that it's just that he was created differently and he was created to go outside and work and, you know, sweat and (laughs) do all the things that men are created to do. And that's just not what I was called to do. (laughs) You know, it's just different. I think it's so beautiful that what you said, Addison, of like, because all three of us believe 
you know, God first, family second, mm-hmm. everything else after that. <laughs> and I love that in what you're saying of like, hey, if you believe that as well, if you, you know, are a believer, if you believe that God created family to, you know, be one of the most integral parts of his kingdom on earth, and you believe that family comes before business, then like challenging, but just so the way you put it is so gentle, just be willing to step back and ask yourself the question, has God called me to be a a full-time, you know, stay-at-home mom? Like, is that my number one that God has put on my heart that I am just like, I think what you were saying that in my head, I was like, oh, it's so true. It's very easy to copy what culture is doing without consciously thinking, is that what God has called me to do? And like you're saying, there's nothing, God's, you know, calling for every person can look completely different. And we're in no way are any three of us trying to like diss on, you know, being a mother and, you know, an entrepreneur, being a mother and working outside of the home or whatever. If God has called you to it, it is exactly where you were supposed to be. But I think it's very easy for us, especially in like the the after effects of girl boss culture to just assume that, oh yes, I want to be home with my kids. Therefore I should also have a side business because that's what we're seeing from like mothers right now. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what God's called us to. And the beauty of, you know, the online space and social media and, and entrepreneurship and all of that is that there is a lot more flexibility, a lot more flexibility than a standard corporate nine to five job. And, you know, maybe God truly has such, such blessings for like every single listener on here for being an entrepreneur and a mom. But maybe God's also calling a handful of you to just take the steps that Addison's taken. And there's like a tug on your heart right now. So I think like, as we're kind of like starting to wrap up this episode, like start asking yourself that question. Like after this episode has ended and you're you're walking away from this podcast, I want to encourage you, do not put on another podcast. Don't, you know, rush to turn on even, music. Even ours. Yeah, <laughs> even ours. Yeah. Not to say, like, don't like, don't listen no, to something. Like, don't even no, wait, listen let me, to another episode of ours. Wait, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> My point was, don't put something else in your ears right mm-hmm. after finishing this episode. I want to encourage you to leave a little space for yourself after listening to this and spend, you know, whatever time you have, whether it's 50 seconds or five minutes or 15 minutes, talk to the Lord and be like, okay, God, this was a somewhat countercultural conversation that I'm not seeing modeled in the culture right now. And I just want you to speak to me on where you have me in this season. And I want to make sure I am obeying you and your best for me in this season and not just blindly following what I'm seeing modeled from the rest of culture right now. Um, so just as like, you know, as you, once this episode's over, whenever we end up wrapping for sure, like just take some space and ask the Lord, like Addison, like encourage, like challenge yourself of like, where exactly do you have me? And am I walking perfectly where you have me? Um, and Addison, I kind of want to ask you, cause I know like, this is a common question Lindsay and I get when we talk about like 
hearing from the Lord and talking to the Lord. I know this is like a whole other conversation in and of itself, but do you have any like quick thoughts for the person who's been listening this whole episode is like, man, I feel like Addison can hear from the Lord so well. I feel like she, like it's, it was so clear what he was calling her to do and she felt such confidence in it. I don't feel that, you know, or I don't know how to hear the Lord or, or any thoughts from you on how someone would go about like really pressing into the Lord, hearing his voice, your thoughts on that in, in a nutshell. Cause I know that's like a whole, you know, five hour conversation in and of itself too. But any thoughts that you have for the listener who's like, I would love to hear the Lord the way that Addison does. Yes, 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 yes. I was actually going to like try to interject and tell, say this. So I'm so glad you asked because I really think that the worst thing you could do, if you're feeling God nudge your heart, which by the way, probably feels like a nudge. Like it probably not like he put it out and like he didn't hack your computer and put a little sign on your computer saying, quit your business. Like he's not like, you know, something that was like letters in the sky, hacking your computer, like nothing crazy. When God talks to me, um, specifically when the Holy Spirit talks to me, I really have always felt like it's a nudge and like a little whisper in my spirit. And I think the worst thing you could do is feel that little whisper, feel that little nudge and be like, oh, this feels so cool. Like, I feel like I'm kind of like, or maybe it doesn't feel cool. Maybe it feels like really convicting or you feel like a little bit like uncomfortable with it. But the worst thing you could do is block it out. It's like if your husband or your spouse or your child or whoever matters to you, walks into your room and you're working in your office and they walk into the room and they say, Hey, I just wanted to tell you. And then you turn up your music, like, <laughs> or you oh, like turn the show or you like just do something to like, in like, you know, intentionally block them out. That's the worst thing you could do. Cause I feel like for me, it's always a whisper. And it happens with like, I've gotten to this point, which takes many years and many times of listening, I think, or maybe just like, even just like a couple times of listening to recognize when God's whispering to you, but like he whispers to me all the time. Like literally yesterday, y'all, my husband went to work and he didn't have deodorant on. We started wearing homemade deodorant. And so he like stopped, like he is really bad about putting it on now. I don't know why. (laughs) It just like made him forget that deodorant exists, but he got to work and he texted me. He was like, Oh, I forgot my deodorant again. And I was like, I literally, cause we woke up together and I was like, I literally felt like the Holy spirit told me to ask you if you had remembered. And I didn't. Cause I was like, no, that's stupid. Like that can't be the Holy spirit. That's like being a naggy wife, but it was totally was. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I should always listen to the Holy spirit. Like, <laughs> because he can talk to you about anything. Like he can yeah. help you with, you know, like, like silly little things. And I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like it's a little whisper and you just gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta tune your ear to hear it. You gotta be willing to hear it. And yeah, I could go on about that forever, but it's a loving whisper and it's the kind of whisper that you hear and you know that it's true. Like it would never say something that feels far-fetched or feels like sinful or like, you know, that's just, that's just you in your heart. Cause we're all sinners. <laughs> but like, um, if it's something like this, like that couldn't be cooler to experience, like going full-time at home, laying down something that does matter so much if he's whispering something like that, that's aligned with the Bible, aligned with his words, it's him. And just listen because gosh, you won't regret it at all. His voice is so sweet. I think there's something so beautiful too with like, like you're saying, Addison, sometimes it just takes practice. And sometimes it just takes like being willing to, you know, if you have like, 
like I, I always communicate it as like, oh, I just felt the Lord like whisper or I heard the Lord say, but realistically, like, you know, I've had like conversations with um, mentees of mine, like girls, younger girls that I'm discipling or whatever in their walks with the Lord who have asked me like, is it actually like an external audible voice? And I'm like, no, no, it's, it, it sounds like a thought, like for me at least. And, you know, there's so many different ways that people can hear from the Lord. Some people like see like a picture of something in their head, like, you know, like a daydream or an imagination that they're like seeing a picture um, or people, but I feel like the most common one, like day to day is it's just a thought that passes through your mind, but it, there's just a, a feeling in your spirit that you can kind of sense like that was the Holy Spirit. But as you're practicing that, like, my encouragement, like what Addison's saying is like, be willing to be wrong. Like be willing to like take a risk and like, you know, Addison hearing like the Lord or the Holy Spirit nudging her and being like, ask your husband if he remembered deodorant. It's like the littlest thing sometimes, but be willing to be wrong. Like be willing to be like, Lord, was that you? And like ask follow-up questions. Like if you feel like God is telling you a big life change, you know, like, Hey, you know, lay down your job, become a full-time mom, like get into the word, get into scripture and check what you feel like you're hearing from God with his word, because what God speaks to us, what the Holy Spirit speaks to us always, always, always needs to align with his word. It will never go against his word. So like be willing to, you know, even in this whole conversation, I've thought this multiple times, like study Proverbs 31, like study the Proverbs 31 women, study biblical women that God is honoring, study Esther, study like, you know, go in and see like, what are the models of biblical womanhood and like holy women of God? And, you know, do I feel like what God is telling me to do in my life, does it align with what I'm seeing in his scripture? Does it align with like what he says for us as his followers? Does it align and, you know, be willing to pray into it? If, especially if it's bigger life things, like, be willing to, to sit. Like there are so many times, this is like such a random story, but the other day, I actually meant to tell you this, Addison, but the other day I was, I was thrifting and I was telling my mom this the other day, we were both laughing so hard. Um, and this is, I don't know if everyone will agree with this as like God or biblical, but like for me, it was, it was so true. I was thrifting at one thrift store and in the same strip mall, like three doors down is like another thrift store. And I left one and I was about to head home. And the second thrift store, like I never find anything. The prices are always pretty high. And like, I don't really go there that often. And as I was starting to like leave the parking lot, I felt like the Lord was like, Hey, you're going to find some great artwork at that second thrift store if you go in. Wow. And I was like, I was like, Lord, is that you? And that's, that's one the reason I bring up the story is like, I checked in and I was like, God, is that you? Like, or is that just me? Is that just my imagination being like, I'm going to go find some artwork. And I really felt, I asked it like three times and I really felt confirmation of the Lord being like, no, this is me. And I was like, okay. And I went into the second thrift store <laughs> And I, I found nothing. And then I walked out of this thrift store. And, <laughs> and I walked out of this thrift store. And I said, Lord, I really thought that was you. And he said, oh, it was. I was just making sure you were listening. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you would obey. And it was like, it was literally the most random. It made me laugh. Like, clearly, I'm still laughing about it. Because it was just the most, like, 
it just oh felt like God. a friend that was like, I don't know. It was hilarious. That sounds and it, like something it, I would do to like <laughs> mess with you. It just, it warmed my heart so much. Like I genuinely, like I felt so loved that God was like, I just wanted to see if you were listening. And I am so happy. Like I literally felt and be like, I'm so proud of you for obeying. And like, I'm so happy that you like were willing to check in and listen. And like, it was a fun walk through the store. It wasn't like I was mad about anything, but <laughs> my point with that story was like, I checked in with the Lord like three times as I was driving and I, I parked outside the thrift store. And I was like, God, are you sure this is you? Cause like, normally the prices here are so high. Like I've never found anything here. Um, and he was like, no, this is me. So if you're feeling that those nudges too, like, don't be afraid. If it's like little moments, just be like, God, is this you? If it's big, yeah. you know, vo- like directions from the Lord, like to spend time, like dig into the word, ask him, you know, check in with him. Um, <laughs> just like it's the most random story to share, but <laughs> the point is check in with the Lord. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I need to, that sounds like he was saying, I love you. Like that thing I always yeah. say, I need to share that because I feel like if you're feel like you not hear you don't hear from the Lord on a regular basis, or you're like he didn't talk to me about deodorant, he didn't talk to me about artwork, you know, like those <laughs> things. I feel like God loves you so much, and He is going to show. I pray this over people, like when I'm like, oh, that person's having a really hard day, like my husband or a friend or something. I always pray this over people that God would show up and say, I love you in a way that is only God, like unmistakably something that God can only say or show to tell you that he loves you. And so that is a prayer that you could pray. Like be like, God, will you just show me how you love me today? Or just like open your eyes to see, cause he's probably doing that. Like I, the other day, or this was like months ago, but like I needed a tablecloth for my table and I have a really long dining room table. And I was at the store at the thrift store and I was looking through the linens and I found literally a linen beige, a linen beige tablecloth that was the size I needed, like perfect size for yes. dollars at the thrift store. And I was like, God just loves me. Cause I was, like, <laughs> I was looking at them online for like 30, $40. And I was like, do I really need one? But I did. And then he just showed up and gave it to me at the thrift store for $3. So like he, I mean, it doesn't have to be a thrift store story, <laughs> but like in any way, how is God saying like, did you forget that you had an apple still left in the, the kitchen and you really wanted an apple and you went in there for a snack and then there was an apple. Like God just, he is going to show you how he loves you. So just like open your eyes for that because he will do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he loves to delight in us in yeah. those ways. I love the stories that you guys have shared. Oh my gosh. Okay, Addison, we, we could literally make this podcast like three hours freaking long. Um, <laughs> and it's so good. We'll have to have you on for bat, like part two of this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But in wrapping up, we always have a couple questions that we love to ask our guests. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you were reading earlier. So <laughs> we want to know what has been a favorite book that you've read recently. I don't care what genre. I, it doesn't have to be on motherhood or faith or business. Like it could be fiction. I don't care. Give it to us. Okay. Okay. So actually my answer does have to relate with motherhood, but like in a weird way. So there's a Francine Rivers series, like a mini series. It's a two-part novel series. And I think it's called like the Marta's Legacies, but it's her mother's hope, I think. And then like her daughter's dream. Oh my gosh, y'all. I read these like in the, like I was reading it around March and I literally, they're two like Francine Rivers size novels. I read both of them within two weeks because I like literally couldn't set them down. Like Jubilee would be playing on the floor and I'd be like, I gotta read like, (laughs) oh, so good. And it wasn't like the 
redeeming love or like, you know, one of her like, um, romance novels still just as good though. And still has God woven in, in such a beautiful way. And it's like a generational story. I think it spans like five or six women in this generation, like different generations of women, mothers and daughters. And she does this beautiful thing where you like fall in love with each character and then they become a mom and you're like, Oh, you suck. And you like, see like the ways that they're failing. But it was so humbling because I was like, well, am I doing that? Or like, you know, is there, you know, is there things that I'm failing in or is there things that maybe my mom or my grandma failed in or like things I don't want to fail in for Jubilee or I want her to see differently. And it was just, it was so good. Even if you're not a mom, oh my gosh, read those books. Cause I think it'll be healing for you. So definitely. Those. Wait, what was, what was the titles again? Can you say them? Yeah. It's Marta's legacy, Marta legacy, um, by Francine Rivers. And it's her mother's hope and her daughter's dream. Beautiful. Thank you. Adding those immediately. <laughs> I have a lineage of grace sitting like on my shelf that I still want to read, which I know is like, I think pictures of, of like different women from the Bible. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, it is. We, that was... we are fancy, Francine Rivers book club fans over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I also, Addison recommended those books to me and I read, I read the first one. I have yet not read the second one yet. It's, it's good. Better. Oh, oh it's good. Wait, wait, have you okay? I know Evie has because we read these together in the summer of 2021, but together kind of. Uh well, yeah. Uh have you read the Mark of the Lion series, Addison? Oh no, but that is on my like my dream oh, list. Yeah. Girlfriend, girlfriend, get on it. It's so good. They're Great. so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. New, there's a new author I just discovered who's at my library and her name is Colleen Coble, which I'm obviously familiar with like Colleen Hoover because she's a bigger, I think, Coble. author, but Colleen Coble. And she is a Christian author. She has a couple series and then she has a couple like standalone books, but they're all like murder mystery thriller, um, like, but like in a really cool way. And there's romance too. And she's a Christian. So like, it's all clean. Oh, it's so cool. And they're at the library. How you, so that's wait, cool. How do you write a thriller that's clean? Talk to me about that. Okay, like, so you mean like, like no explicit language or like there's no yeah. murder? <laughs> no, there is murder, but, um, explicit language. There's like, there's romance, but there's no, like, you know, like smut or anything smut, appropriate, right? but it's so good. And like, you will like be on the edge of your seat. She's like a really talented, really talented author. Her name's Colleen. Love Cole. that. Yeah. Well, you're just giving us all kinds of things over here. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Addison, we could obviously talk to you for a million years and I am sure our listeners are now in love with you. And I know you don't use uh, Instagram for business necessarily anymore, but are there places where people can come and, you know, follow along on motherhood or listen to old episodes of your podcast, even if you're willing to point them that direction or like wherever people can connect with you? Yeah. So I am kind of on Instagram. I say like, I'm not posting right now, but maybe I'll post again in one day. I just, I hope that one day Instagram is not a part of our daily lives because it's just, you breathe easier when you're not on it every day, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I am on Instagram at Addison Childers and you can go stock old pictures of Jubilee from when she was like a newborn <laughs> to six months old. She's so sweet. Um, that's kind of when I stopped posting. And then I, and my business Instagram is still up. If you like are just, you know, a little interested and want to be nosy and go look at my old business stuff. That's aminastudio.co on Instagram. And then I am like, my podcast is still out everywhere where you can listen it's called the balance podcast. Um, you probably find it pretty easily because Evie and Lindsay have both been on it. So you just like up, 
their name and balance podcast. Um, and then what else? Oh, I also have templates out with the heart university. So if you really love me, you should go buy the editorial templates from the heart university. <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah, because you, you get paid from that. Yeah. Like, and so, uh, support, support, our- yes. <laughs> support on mama. <laughs> But also, also her templates are absolutely fire. Like she made mm-hmm. the editorial website template on our shop and also the, uh, the pricing and wedding editorial PDF guides. And they are absolute, like undeniable fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100 you. out of 10. They were really fun. Oh, like, the project I was working on when I went back to work after maternity leave. So like when I say I was like struggling and like, so like everything was so hard, but then when I was working, I was having fun. It's because I was making those templates. So <laughs> the uh, best. they were so good. Well, Addison, thank you so much for being on the show and just like being vulnerable, sharing your heart, sharing a topic that not a lot of people talk about. And I cannot wait to see the feedback from this episode. If any other people relate, like feel free to DM the heart, Evie or I, or Addison. Well, I don't know if she'll check it. Maybe. I don't know. Addison, <laughs> do you want me to like say that? I don't know. Are you willing to accept conversations? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, cause I just think there is probably women out there that are listening to this that, um, can just resonate so wholeheartedly. Yeah. Also, I, I have a feeling this might win for the longest episode on this show yep. so far. I, <laughs> I, 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 I think we've hit a record. I feel like there's no better conversation though to have be the longest. Yeah, I know. It's so good. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me on.